You know I'm right. The podcast that covers the origin story of some of the biggest name in sports and entertainment. Nick Durst here with Joe Calabrese and Joe, our guest today. He is a returning one, and that puts him in a very exclusive club. Absolutely. Uh, we've had the privilege of having some really great two-time guests with us, uh, including Tim Kirchin, our, our boy Arda on ESPN, but uh, really happy to have him back on. And unfortunately, uh, the New York Knicks season did not go uh, as optimistic as we thought it would be at the start, but uh, here he is to answer a couple of those questions and a few more. Uh, returning guest, Mark Berman of the New York Post. Mark, welcome back to the show. How you doing? It's great to be back, uh, Nick and Joe. Uh, yeah, it was not uh, the most fun season uh, for Knicks fans. Certainly not. Mark, first I want to ask you about the New York Post. During this season, you entered a bit of a partnership with SNY doing those those videos. Did you get a chance to do any of those those videos during that partnership? Yeah, I mean, it's still ongoing, uh, you know, once a week, maybe twice a week. Yeah, it's a great thing. You know, the way the industry is going, unfortunately, uh, people your age are more inclined to hit the video uh, icon button uh, to listen to a video than to read a 600-word story. So, you know, maybe uh, the newspaper industry is sliding more toward uh, the video end. It's tragic uh, to me that kids your age aren't reading enough. Uh, I think it's going to really hurt society in the long run, the lack of, uh, you know, emphasis on reading uh, for, for kids your age and younger. I hate to go on my soapbox. Yeah, I mean, the attention span now is is so short with, with TikTok and, you know, that kind of came up during, during the, the height of COVID. Obviously, with COVID, there were so many restrictions that made it very difficult for you and your colleagues across the industry to do your jobs. So how much easier was it for you this season getting back to having more access to the players? And also, was there any pro, you know, going virtual there um, with the Zooms, anything that you, you guys kind of took and carried over into the last season? Well, we're not back. Next season, we'll be back. We weren't allowed in the locker room for the second straight season. So though we were in person, we were in a formal setting in an interview room with a podium. And mm -hmm. It's a completely different uh, dynamic. And the worst part of was we couldn't get the players we wanted to talk to a lot of times. The Knicks PR controlled who we would talk to because we weren't allowed in the locker room. And hence, and I've mentioned this in print, we haven't talked to Nerland's Noel since late November uh, because of this controversial season. The Knicks never uh, made him available, plus he was injured. Derek Rose, we have not spoken to since late November. When RJ, uh, sorry, late January, when RJ Barrett got hurt, we never got a chance to talk to him late in the season. So it, we were not back to normal. Next season, word is, we're back in the locker room. So that's that's good for the fans because they'll be able to hear from uh, different voices. We never got to talk to the Villanova guard, Ryan Arcadakiano, or, or however, you, I never even got a chance to pronounce his name. 
You couldn't even ask him how to pronounce his name. (laughs) But we didn't talk to Ryan. I mean, I chatted with him off the court briefly, but they never brought him even into the interview room. So uh, the world of journalism really took a hit. The world of NBA journalism took a hit. But next season, it should be full-blown and back to normal. What are you looking forward to the most once you get back to a, a more normalized routine? Yeah, well, being in the locker room is going to be amazing uh, because you get to talk to anyone you want, not who the Knicks tell you you should talk to. Listen, they wanted R.J. Barrett to talk after almost every game. And yeah, it's nice, but if we had the choice, we wanted to spread it out a little more. You know, R.J. didn't always have a, a big game and didn't always have a lot to say. So we would want to talk to the player who was two for 14 and uh, Kemba Walker, or, you know, we weren't able to get to Kemba when he was in exile. He wasn't in exile. He just wasn't being brought to the interview room because he was out of the rotation, but we would have seen him in the locker room and we would have gone up to him and taken his temperature, so to speak. So um, you just the access of being able to talk to the 17 man roster, you know, not RJ Barrett, every single day so last year they had the shortened season and vibes were very optimistic they overachieved uh tom thibodeau looked like the previous coach of the year that he was and it seemed like this team was even though it was a shortened season a small sample size they were kind of on an upward trajectory now, to start this season, they were very good coming out of the gate the first couple of weeks, and then they sailed off. They went under 500, and they couldn't quite recover, and they couldn't get back to that place where they were. And a lot of that optimism, I think, especially among Knicks fans like Nick and I, uh, quickly evaporated. So based on what you know, and again, I know it's difficult because you haven't really spoken to a lot of the players um, you know, in months, uh, but your feeling being around other people who are covering the team uh, what is it like? Is, is the mood still optimistic in that building? Do they still feel like they're heading in the right direction? You know, what could you speak to about that? I'll be honest. I think there's a plan, but it's a little sketchy. And I think there's a lot of concern. The new buzzword is we're building through the draft. But as we posted a story this afternoon, they are waiting on the Donovan Mitchell situation. And the waiting is the hardest part as there was a lyric like that. And, you know, that could be a game changer if they could somehow trade for Donovan. Although, I mean, are the Knicks willing to give up RJ? I don't see a deal being hatched uh, if they don't give up RJ. But uh, yeah, they want to build through the draft. They were very proud of their draft picks this year. You know, to have a Jericho Sims at 58 produced like he did after the all-star break and miles mcbride showed a lot of promise at number 36 and grimes before he got injured you know in february he was really having a strong rookie year number 25 in the draft but still and then obi had the big big finish as did emmanuel quickly so those are the last two drafts so they're very proud of themselves but now they have to build on it because you know, those guys are good, but, you know, is there a star there? Uh, I mean, 
is quickly going to keep improving? Is Obi going to keep improving? Maybe. Are they going to be all-stars? I doubt it. So this draft coming up at 11 and 42, what can they do? Can they move up for Jade and Ivy? We wrote exclusively in the post that the Knicks interviewed Ivy uh, in Chicago. He's uh, an agent. His agent is uh, Aaron Mintz of Creative Artist Agency, who was one of Leon Rose's best friends and his former employee. So can they hatch a deal to move up in the draft from 11? Is there going to be a player good enough at 11? I mean, there, there's so many uncertainties. And I think the Jalen Brunson situation, I think they have a good intel and they think that it's, I'm not going to, I haven't written it yet, but listen, I've written that Mark Cuban, you know, people close to Cuban say they'd be shocked if he didn't re-sign Jalen. And I think the Knicks are starting to get a little less optimistic on the Jalen front that Rick Brunson hire was unrelated. They were trying to hire Rick. Tom Thibodeau was trying to hire Rick for a couple of years. Yeah, so I want to talk trades, but first, I mean, talking staff here, the Knicks, are they going to lose Johnny Bryant? Is he one of the favorites for that jazz job? And how would that impact Donovan Mitchell's mindset? Well, I mean, that's it. I mean, if Johnny Bryant goes to the jazz as the head coach, Donovan Mitchell is going to at least stick another season out yeah. to see how his buddy uh, does. He's called him his brother. They were very tight. I witnessed it uh, when we were in Utah a few months ago after the game. I saw Donovan and Johnny huddling uh, together alone in the, the hallway. Uh, so the, just the fact that, you know, Johnny is coming up as a top candidate shows that Donovan is being is influential still in this hire, which is not good for the Knicks as far as getting him to demand a trade. Uh, Danny Ainge doesn't know Johnny Bryant really at all, and he's the decision maker. Uh, he wasn't with the franchise when Johnny was there with Utah, but you know, Johnny's a name uh, in Utah because he went to the college there, the University of Utah, and played. So, but he has no head coaching experience. It's not like Danny Ainge to hire someone without that type of experience unless it means donovan mitchell stays with the jazz or his contract so every year for us the past three years these these three guards have been linked to the next so i'll give you their names rank them from most likely to least likely to be a nick at some point in their careers obviously donovan mitchell who we just discussed we've been talking about chris paul for probably a decade coming to the Knicks. And last one is Russell Westbrook. And you keep hearing those rumors. I don't know if there's any truth to them. Like, oh, maybe they could get Randall for Westbrook. I don't know if that works for either team, really. But in those three guys, any of those seem potentially likely that one of them could be a Nick at some point this season or next? Well, my gut reaction when I heard people still talking about Westbrook was, no, the Knicks would never do that. But then you realize... You know, he's got the $45 million final year of his contract, and then, the, you know, he could be just a, a placeholder. And then the Knicks actually have a lot of expiring contracts after this past, after the 22-23 season. So, you know, they can have cap space, and Wessel, uh, Westbrook would be a one-year situation. So um, I could see that as a last-ditch desperation act, but I see, think that's the least likely. Chris Paul was just paid a ton of money in that contract extension last summer mm -hmm. and i know the suns had the best record in the nba in the regular season 
But that game seven was alarming. I don't know what happened, how they quit on that game. And you wonder if Sauber, who's a very temperamental owner, is wondering, is this like, did I make this horrible investment? Chris Paul looked exhausted in game seven. He's only going to be a year older. So who knows? I mean, there's been no talk. It's been so quiet in Phoenix on what their plan is, but who knows if they decide to put Chris on the trading block, realizing, you know, this, we're trying to win a championship here. And I don't know if this is going to happen, but listen, they had the best regular season of any NBA team. So it's tough to imagine, but maybe in a year. So, and then third was Donovan. And listen, the minute Johnny Bryan actually got hired by the next two time staff, we started writing that one of the reasons was possibly to draw Donovan because Thibodeau didn't know Johnny Bryan from a hole in the wall. And they, you know, William Wesley, uh, obviously the CAA connection, Johnny Bryan is uh, a CAA guy and they hired him for Tom's staff. So how ironic though, would it be if Johnny Bryant is the person that keeps Donovan in Utah by jumping ship and heading to Salt Lake City? I'm going to just say, but you mentioned earlier, it's going to take a heck of a trade there. Start with RJ Barrett. You're probably looking at two to three first round picks. So who knows if that'll work out last summer, a big topic of discussion, which I hope to see you writing about this summer is will Carmelo Anthony come home again? Any chance that this, that, that the Knicks are interested in Carmelo Anthony this off season? Cause it was a, it, not, he actually played pretty well, but it was just a disaster. The Lakers last season. I have been, uh, Definitely thinking along those lines, too. Uh, I mean, the Lakers are a mess. I don't know what Darvin Ham has in mind. Carmelo was hitting three-point shots and, you know, was one of their better players. Uh, but there was such a loser, losing team. And I, But anyway, regarding the Knicks, yeah. I mean. Sounds good. I, I mean, what, what do you got to lose? That's a position they don't really – that's why they traded for Cam Reddish. They don't really have a 3-4. Uh, and Carmelo – you know, Leon Rose loves Carmelo as his former client. And, you know, I know in his younger days maybe he wasn't a great leader, but I think he's got so much knowledge that he could really impart something on these young guys, including Cam Reddish. So, uh, yeah, it's a great thought. All right. Looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Uh, we're going to start wrapping up here, Mark. We always love having you on. We got to talk a little Knicks, but of course, the core of our show is, is talking origin stories. So I wanted to ask you for yourself personally here, what would you say in your career was your you know I'm right moment? So what we mean by that is a time where you wanted to pursue something or, or do something. You ask somebody for advice. They say, ah, Mark, I don't think that's a good idea. Don't do that. And you say, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. And ultimately, you will see why it is that I'm right. So what is the what is it called the moment that you know I'm right you know, I'm right so like, kind of like I, I told you see I told you so <laughs> right um, in covering the Knicks I mean honestly I mean I'm, I know this is recency bias but a lot of people I debated with um, on la- when we were talking about last season and their 41 and 31 record. And I started writing, especially after they got clocked by Atlanta uh, in the playoffs, I started to write that this may have been a little bit of a mirage. And I have a headline on a story uh, with mirage in it. 
that last season, that that season, this may be a mirage. It was empty gyms. The garden was empty with no booze. It, you know, this is, I had my epiphany moment that season when I made a rare road trip to Phoenix and they set the record for the biggest crowd of that pandemic season of 8,000. And the Knicks collapsed in the fourth quarter uh, and the crowd was bedlam. And I was like, wow, this is like, this is like how it should be like with all the fans here. And, and maybe the Knicks, you know, are a little bit of a fluke here winning in empty gyms. And then in the playoffs against Atlanta in the yeah. cauldron, they got swamped. So I, I feel like, I'm not saying that my bosses were a little, you know, skeptical about some of my narrative, but yeah, I was writing about that flukiness of last season. And a lot of people called me the, you know, I'm a hater and all that. And it, and it proved right. I mean, especially with Julius Randle, who, who could not handle being the superstar in a normal season where you're going to hear some booze. Gross. Julius was lucky that you couldn't get into the locker room this season. Well, with that, that <laughs> was off and had that boycott. So that was like my I know I'm right moment when uh, the fans were all over me. And even I got a sense from you know some of my editors thinking that I was being a little too harsh on uh, judging uh, 2020, 2021. Well, there's a reason why you're in the position that you're in. You follow this team, you cover them. You see them much more often uh, in person. Uh, previously, now you'll get back to a normal routine this year. But uh, yeah, like I said at the top, I, I think a lot of the goodwill from last season, I think that very, very quickly ended uh, a couple weeks into this season. And I, I still think there are a lot of positives. And I think you would agree with that too. Um, a lot of the optimism, like I said, has gone away. And I think Julius Randle proved that over 82 games – you know, we all knew he couldn't be your best player, but who knows if he could be your second best player. I think he's he'll settle in better somewhere, whether it's here or elsewhere, if he's your team's third best player. So, yeah. Well, um, one I, thing about Julius, I've written this, and people don't really talk about it a lot. He came into this particular training camp nowhere near the great shape he came in for his first training camp uh, with Tom Thibodeau. And it was a factor to maybe a slow start. He was in, in amazing shape yeah. 2021. And Thibodeau talked about it all the time. Almost every time you asked him about Julius Randle, he would say it goes back to him coming to training camp in great shape. So he didn't come in in, in great shape. There was an Instagram today. looked like he was working pretty hard. In fact, with Miles Turner uh, doing some various uh, crazy drills. So I have a feeling that Julius, if he's not traded, He's going to come into Tarrytown uh, in late September in terrific shape. Good to know. Mark, thank you again for doing, with us, doing this with us. We appreciate it. Uh, you're, like Nick said, you're a two-time guest, so you're in a very, very special class of people. But uh, like we do here, we always give our guests the last words, and people can know where to find you. But if there's anything else you would like to share or promote, please, by all means, go right ahead. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, Nick. Uh, Joe. Yeah. I mean, every time I'm on a podcast, I just mentioned my Knicks newsletter. It's behind the paywall uh, inside the Knicks, but it's well worth it. There's some interesting stuff uh, uh, every Thursday morning. And this Thursday, there'll be something interesting, too. All right. There you have it. So that's going to do it for this episode. If you know I'm right, for our very special guest, Mark Berman of the New York Post, and my co-host, Joe Calabrese, I'm Nick Durst, and this has been You Know I'm Right. 